Hey there, Disky Chicks fans. Before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a special opportunity for you to become the DISC expert in your organization. Would you like to deliver DISC debriefs with ease, facilitate coaching sessions and teaming sessions with confidence, and elevate your stature as the go-to person for all things DISC? Join us for our live advanced DISC certification training coming up in early January 2022. This is a live small group class delivered in four two-hour sessions during the first two weeks of January. Please go to DiskyChicks.com for more information. And don't wait because the December 17th registration deadline is coming up quickly. Oh, and one more thing, since you're a Disky Chicks podcast listener, enter the promotion code DCP123 to get $150 off the registration fee as a thank you from us to you. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Disky Chicks podcast. For business leaders, HR directors, coaches, and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Hi, I'm Cindy Jacoby, Chief Engagement Officer for BizHelp Consulting. I work with companies and teams to improve their effectiveness by improving their hiring and their communication skills. I use DISC to help teams better understand each other and how to work better together and how to choose the right candidate for the job. I also offer certification classes so anyone can comfortably deliver and debrief the DISC assessment to their employees or clients. And by the way, in DISC language, I'm a high influencer and low compliant, meaning I like to talk and influence and I'm not great with rules or details. Martha, how about you? Hey, I'm Martha Fourline, CEO of Belief System Institute. And I'm very much like Cindy. I'm also a high influencer with a very, very low C or compliant. Not good with details and not good with following a lot of rules. I also have a high dominant, which we'll be talking more about in the show. I work with courageous entrepreneurs as a consultant and coach to improve leadership skills that then improve business performance. I've had a fascination with human behavior since I was a kid, and I was blessed with 28 years in the corporate world where I was an HR and communications executive. Trust me, being in the people business that long, I've seen and heard it all. And then I started my own business in 2007, focusing on my passion, helping entrepreneurs to be all they want to be to grow their businesses. Together, Cindy and I are the Disky Chicks. We are here to inform, support, and have some fun with you as we talk about the DISC Behaviors Assessment. Some of you may know about the DISC Assessment. DISC measures behaviors or communication style, things we can see when we observe a person closely. What do the letters stand for? D stands for dominance, 
someone who moves quickly, they're direct to their communication and they're all business. And I is an influencer, someone who also moves quickly, but is more people focused, outgoing and often humorous. S stands for steadiness. They're slower paced introvert who are people focused, reliable, and yes, steady. And the C stands for compliant. The C's move at a slower pace and they are our data-driven perfectionists who love to know and follow the rules. DISC is the simplest tool to understand but goes very deep and very wide and that's why we have lots to talk about. Welcome to our podcast. When you understand what drives or motivates you, you can take measures to ensure you're getting the most fulfillment out of life by making more informed decisions. This can lead to less stress and improve personal relationships. Author unknown. Martha, that's perfect. You touched on the two things that we're gonna talk about today, the motivators or what we've been calling driving forces and stress. You mentioned a couple of things in that quote, but but stress really um, is important, especially in these, these days. Yes, yes. And I'm, I'm telling you, I continue to see it with my clients where they sorely underestimated the impact this stress was going to have. And I'm seeing a lot of burnout. I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people that are really in not a great place right now, not a great place. And self-care is so important right now. Um, but we're here today to talk about the 12 driving forces and how each of these motivators um, react to a crisis such as the pandemic. Well, it seems like, Martha, if there was, if we're all stressed out and then most of it's about the pandemic, that the cure would be the same. But I think what we're trying to reiterate today is that Yes, we're all feeling stress, and yes, a lot of it is pandemic-related, but there are certain things about it that hit people in different ways. And if you can understand the things that really drive you and what gets interrupted during this stress, it might help you process it better and find ways to cope with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we look at our own individual primary driving forces and think about them, Cindy, and try to apply what we're going to share with everybody today is how each of these motivators, if it's primary especially, may react to stress and respond to stress. And there's not one individual in the world that has the same behavior profile or the same motivational profile. So that's why you can see some people that are able to cope now and others that just are struggling. So for instance, the the introverts that had to be holed up for a year were kind of maybe had an easier time than the extroverts did. Hey, hey man, they're loving it. They love being little hermits right now. <laughs> and the thought of going into the office is scary for them. Yeah. And, and just to make the point today, you know, we are the disky chicks and we talk about disc, but today we're really going to focus on motivators, the, the why behind what we do. So disc is the how, what we see when we are enacting these motivators, but this is what drives you. This is 
how you know if you've had a good day because one of your top four drivers was probably met. Right. And there right. are six key topics, and each topic has a continuum, a yin and a yang. So Martha and I decided we're each going to take one topic and talk about um, each side of the spectrum and how they might deal with um, a crisis differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to kick us off? Yeah. And I, but I think I wanted to say that not all of these are going to resonate with everybody because sometimes the whole topic is is not as interesting to you as it is to other people. So we typically have four that we look at. So think through it, take our assessment and uh, see if you know you know what to do if one of your four is, is called out because we're going to talk about all of them. And the, the first topic is knowledge. And there are two sides of the spectrum. One is instinctive and one is intellectual. So if you talk about the intellectual side when it comes to knowledge, the intellectual values knowledge and they value learning and they just can't get enough learning. They want to, um, any opportunity they can, will they will learn. So if you think about this from um, a crisis point of view, you know, pain point for an intellectual is burnout from constant information seeking. There's so much information out there and they can um, just seek, seek, seek all day long. You know, there's, there's, there's so much news and information and this isn't just about COVID, but this could be about, you know, anything that's become a crisis of, of yet. And we've had a rough couple years with politics and, and all riots and all kinds of things. So, you know, what we coach the, the intellectual to do is, is pivots, from information gathering to information sharing. Instead of seeking all the time, come to some kind of conclusion where you can start sharing it with other people um, and kind of get off that hamster wheel. And then the don't of that is don't try to learn everything at one time. You know, you're just going to, to wear yourself out. So intellectuals out there, put a stopping point at some point and, and just try to sum up what you've learned and share it with others. Yeah, I like that. And I agree with that. Intellectual is my number two. Okay. And um, not that I'm a huge researcher, but certainly I can find all kinds of bunny holes to go down Yeah. when I'm looking at topics, even just topics that I'm working on with my clients. But, you know, there is a point of no return with that practice. That's a great point. Yeah. So they, they love to learn and then they just find themselves in just indulging in all kinds of different directions from that. So the other side of the spectrum on this, it still values knowledge. It's the instinctive side. So they value knowledge, but in a, in a much different way than the intellectual side. The instinctive values relevant knowledge, what they can use right now. They don't, they don't get lost in the weeds. They, they rely a lot more really on their um, intuition and their past experiences. And if they do have to look something up, they're really specific about it and get enough information to answer their question and then they move on. And so a pain point um, for somebody who is, has the instinctive driver is having to sort through a constant influx of information to find out what's relevant. I mean, if you try to follow the CDC, it seems like it's changing all the time. They can't just get that quick answer and move on. They're peppered with all these different perspectives and changing things. And um, it's really hard to, to sum it all up. 
Um, so one thing that we coach our instinctive folks on is, you know, just find a trusted, reliable source of information and just check, check in on it maybe daily, once a day. Just check in, see if there's any new news, and then move on. And then you don't have to always be worrying that something is going to change and you didn't know about it. So just kind of get in a routine of that. And the don't part of our, our advice is don't overextend yourself and get stressed out trying to stay up to the minute. Again, once, once a day, whatever it is is concerning you, check in on it because it may change again tomorrow and there's really nothing you could do about that. So that kind of sums up the, those who have one of the knowledge-based drivers as their primary resource. Okay, great. So the next domain in the driving forces is about utility. And there are two ends of the spectrum again, when we talk about utility. So we're going to start, I'm going to start with resourceful and just for review, uh, the high resourceful motivated person is looking for that practical results. And they really are looking for an, an efficiency in a return on their time, their money, their talent in anything they do, whether it's personal or professional. So what is that pain point for that high resourceful driving uh, force? And it's people that are getting frustrated at the slow pace that we've had to adopt Mm -hmm. in business and our personal lives. While the change created rapid pace in change, then everything kind of got down to what is, is our new normal. So what, what we've been doing to help our high resourceful driving force clients is to just tell them to help others maximize their productivity and resources that don't take it all on yourself. And then the don't is don't be impatient with others who are less reactive than you are because that high resourceful is very engaged when they are working on projects and getting things done. This is one of my top drivers, Martha. And so that is mine too. The slow pace, the shutdown, the not being able to do what you want to do, not, you know, think about an outside salesperson or heck an inside salesperson being told they can't go knock on doors and make calls. I mean, it's so stressful for these resourceful people. Yeah. Yeah. It really, really is. So the other end of the spectrum is the selfless motivator and people that have this as their primary motivator are driven to complete tasks for the greater good and with little expectation of anything in return. So in essence, that's where the selfless title comes from. So what can we do for those high selfless motivated people? And that is, you know, ask for the clarity that they need in chaotic situations like they're going through right now. Um, They consider what we're doing now very, very chaotic because it's a huge change up in their work environment and having kids at home 24 seven, I mean, think about it, right? And then don't be inflexible. And this may be hard for a selfless because they make that list and they get things done and they check it off and they're able to move on to the next thing. And 
if we haven't learned anything from what's happened over the last 14 or 15 months is, man, you just have to be able to be flexible and kind of go with the flow. But they don't like leaving things undone. You know, they want to start and complete a task. And um, so that's, that's hard for things just to change up, you know, right in the middle of something. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was good. The, the, the next topic is around surroundings. Um, It's the, the office you work in, your view, um, how you feel about your physical environment, also your team environment. The two sides of the spectrum are objective and harmonious. Uh, if you're looking at harmonious, you know, harmonious is looking for peace, love, beauty, calmness. <laughs> um, they don't like a lot of chaos. Well, you can kind of see where this is leading, right? So the pain point for somebody who is in the harmonious driving force, they're going to struggle with the shifts in their social and physical environments, especially when their current experience is one of panic. They care about the experience. And so this is not an experience that they want to continue. They like things that flow together. They can't just check their feelings at the door. So they care about their families and they care about their coworkers and they can't detach themselves. They just are one whole being, and um, it, it's tough for them to be in a chaotic situation. So what we tell our clients to do is just, you know, try to make your environment, even if it's one from home, as comfortable and productive and as beautiful as possible. You know, put the plant on your desk and close the doors and light the candle, you know, whatever it is to help you kind of bring zen to your life. Um, and, and what not to do is don't focus on large scale picture right now. Just try to, to keep your domain a little bit smaller and something that you can work with. Because if you look much farther than your bubble, then the outside world is chaotic and it's going to stress you out. Right. And aesthetics matter to this high harmonious motivated person and I think about they're not able to go to museums and see beautiful art or, you know, history or things of that nature, but I'm sure that they've had to learn how they can still see that online. I mean, there's a lot of wonderful art exhibits that are online, but they can't get close to it and touch it and feel it and that kind of thing. If they can go outside and be in nature, that that would help too. But again, get your little corner of your house, uh, make it your private zen, and and that should help bring some peace and calm and um, you know to your life. And so, the opposite side of this, and these folks might be faring pretty well, are the objective side. So again, we're talking about surroundings, your environment, objective. They are um, able to isolate their feelings isolate their work from the chaos they can work in any situation the whole world's crumbling around them they're okay with that and so really it's not the surroundings that get them um upset during a crisis but it's how other people can't adapt like they can it's like come on put on your big girl pants and get in there and you know do your work and they they may be less compassionate for those who are really suffering from all that are going on i don't mean suffering like 
people who are sick, but people who are thrown by not being able to do their work because they're in a, in a different environment. So, you know, we try to get our objective folks to, to feel connected with everything going on around them and their team. Don't just go into your bubble and do your work. Remember that other people are having a tougher time with this and take some time to connect with them and, and help understand just because you may be doing okay doesn't mean that your team is doing okay as well. So part of that is you know not don't isolate yourself. You know don't don't shut off your emotions completely. Uh, even though you're good at it, you need to remember that you've got to de-stress and and face those feelings as well and what your loved ones are going through. Yeah, and objective is my number four motivator. So it's in my top four. And I can totally relate to what you just described, Cindy. I think that was a great way to put it in that while my job and, and the work that I do in coaching others keeps me connected with what's going on, I have actually flourished over the last year <laughs> because I can compartmentalize and I, I can still do my work, albeit via Zoom, but um, but it, it, it is so true about um, uh, not being, not necessarily being frustrated with the lack of adaptability of other people because I'm too close to too many people that are suffering from it. Yeah. And it's yeah. my number two. So it's one of my it top is. two drivers. Oh, wow. Okay. I can okay. work in chaos as well. I think that's why we get along so well, Martha. I think we have <laughs> maybe three of our top four are the same. They and are. our disc is very similar. So we're yeah. separated at birth. Yeah. So Two sisters from another mother. That's right. <laughs> so, okay. So onward and upward. The next motivator that I'm going to be talking you through is about others and our relationship with others and how we're motivated by that. And I'm going to start with the altruistic motivator. And these are people that are driven to assist others for the satisfaction of being helpful and supportive. Think Mother Teresa, right? So the pain point for a high altruistic motivated person is they're likely extremely worried about all the other people who have it way worse than they do. They're just yeah. very empathetic. And this can lead to spiraling anxiety. And trust me, I have seen this and heard this with some of my clients. So they're not worried about themselves and probably should be, but they're really worried about what's going on in the world. So what can they do? And they can identify reasonable ways that that they can help others. Yeah, they can't and, help everybody. I mean, think about right. all the people who are suffering and, and everything highlighted on the news. I can see what you're saying, Martha, that they are right. It can be overwhelmed. I mean, you, you can still drop food off at the food bank, just as a real simplistic example. Um, and then don't overextend your giving ability. In other words, do it, but do it in, in, in a measured way in how you can help others currently. Um, maybe you want to be on a help hotline of some kind, but do it in a measured way. So you feel like you are helping other people and you're not stuck at home 
isolated, not being able to fulfill that need. So set some limits for yourself. Is that what you're saying for? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Then the other end of the spectrum on relating to others is intentional. And people who have this high intentional motivator are driven to assist others for a specific purpose not just for the sake of being helpful or supportive. In other words, they reach out to teammates when they don't know the answer to something or they need help with a project. Um, Not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just different from that altruistic motivator. So when we look at this intentional's stress and pain point, they're concerned about their inner circle while worrying about the overreactions and actions of others. What can they do about that? They can reach out to others and protect the people that they're concerned about by preparing and sharing. And that is maybe not natural for them, but that is something that they can do that may quell some of their uh, stress. And then in terms of things they shouldn't be doing is being insensitive to the plight of others because it's all over the news and hearing, you know, the statistics on divorce and domestic violence and, um, and all the people that we have lost to COVID, they need to still maintain that sensitivity. They just want to make sure first off that their people, their tribe is good Their tribe is good. They run the risk of thinking everybody should be good and y'all need to get over it. And that's what you're (laughs) saying that you got to, whereas the altruistic is worried about everybody all the time, um, they need to rein it in. You're saying that the intentional might need to spread the love a little bit past their (laughs) inner circle and worry about some other people too. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am more intentional. Uh, Sometimes it's in my top four. I think it's... um, I think it's in my middle situational right now. So I, I understand, I understand right. both of them, but I probably relate more to the intentional as I, I just don't, I can't worry about everybody. I gotta, gotta right. worry about my people. Right. Exactly. All right. That was a good one. All right. I think we've got two more. So my last one is power. The two ends of the spectrum on this are commanding and collaborative. So when you're talking about power or kind of how you're seen in the world, how you're seen in your office, the person who's commanding likes to be that go-to person. You know, they like to be successful. They like to achieve and advance to the highest position they can. So a pain point for in a crisis for somebody who's commanding is overextending to help the team transition, meaning they feel like they need to lead the change on whatever it is they're going to have to do to survive this pandemic. If it's moving everybody to working from home or changing their customer base, you know, they, they take that, they take that power seriously and they take that responsibility seriously. And it's easy to, to overextend yourself doing that. You know, we do want you to use your power to lead and inspire others but not run over people with your opinions so you you take it on yourself to make all these changes but don't forget you know get some other people's reactions their opinions their guidance and not don't try to do it all yourself for that yeah. commanding person and that's i'm gonna admit that's my number one it's like we got this 
do it yeah. my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think about a high commanding leader working from home, trying to manage a remote team. I mean, that would be, be very tough for them from my perspective um, because they they are more uh, commanding control, if you will. From their corner office, I might add. From their corner office, yes. I'm sure yours is in a corner, right? <laughs> and And the other thing is remembering to relate to people where they are with their motivators and certainly with their behaviors so that they can really be able to help them at this point in time. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point. The other end of that spectrum is collaborative. And so the collaborative person that, you know, their power is in supporting the team. They like to be kind of behind the scenes, the ones that like to see the team succeed and so they, they really miss that in-person collaboration as we're transitioning to work from home. You know, they, they, they miss the meetings. They miss working things out together. They don't like working in isolation. They really miss that teamwork. And so when we're counseling or coaching a more collaborative person, you try to think of ways that they can still work as a team. And so a lot of that is reaching out. Um, having team goals, celebrating team goals. They love for the team to celebrate and for everybody to have their individual part in doing that. And you shouldn't underestimate your ability to do that. I think it's easy when you're in person and you can literally be in the same room, but think about ways you can do that. You know, sometimes our collaborators need a little pep talk that you can still be supportive of the team, but you may have to reach out more and, you know, use your your talents to support everybody else. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. So that's what we found with the power yes. Yes. driver. Okay. And I'll take it home with the last domain of the driving force of methodologies. And Cindy, I'm going to start with the one that I'm not on this one. I'm going to start with the structured end of the continuum for methodologies. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with I you. hear you. So understanding that the structured motivator people are driven by traditional proven approaches and their intuition so that they like to rely on that to get their work done and how they go about doing their job every day. So the pain point for this high structured motivated person is they're really struggling to accept that ritual and habits are being disrupted, not just in their house, but across the whole globe. So yeah. it, it's it's really very, very big and maybe more difficult for them to see it that way. So what are some things that they can do? They can become a cultural guardian and help the team and loved ones transition because they are habitual by nature and that motivates them. So being able to help others would be a good way to have something productive to, to do with their time and don't get bogged down in old ideas That's and <laughs> kind of, I know, I know, don't get bogged down in them and those old beliefs that let's face it, are 
all of our worlds have been turned upside down. So we've, we've kind of got to look at things a little differently than they were pre-COVID. So you're, are you saying like if they can help um, create new structure and new habits that yes. and share those with their team, then again, the team can go back to living under some kind of familiar Normalcy. way of doing things. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, I would think these guys are, are really struggling, especially you mentioned global. I mean, this is a global pandemic, so everything is changing, and that's not what they yeah. love. Right, exactly. Okay, so the second driving force under methodology is receptive, and Cindy and I are both high receptives. And these are people that are driven by new ideas and methods and new ways of doing things that don't necessarily fall within a defined system of living. So the pain point for the high receptive is others aren't adjusting as quickly as they are to the changes. And it's because they have that resiliency and receptivity um, to change basically. So what can they do? They can embrace the change and help others adapt because they are adaptable and they are resilient. So how can they give that back to others? And then things they should not try to do is to try to push change too quickly and move too fast and have expectations that others are just like they are. And what's wrong with these people? <laughs> Why can't they adapt and kind of get on with it, right? Um, so, don't don't forget the empathy in this as well. So team members on a high receptives team, they're having to be more patient and to really understand where they're struggling to be able to help them. Well, this falls right with what you were saying when we were talking about objective, I think. Your example was how you were able to pivot work in chaos and be successful and i think your receptive driver probably kicked in there too you had to do yeah. things different you had to start teaching online you had to start coaching online and since you weren't so married to the old way of doing things that also contributed to your success i think right right absolutely absolutely so i think about okay well what are some next next steps for those of you that are listening to this podcast um, to help you and knowing yourself and knowing your behavioral strengths and limitations, but also knowing your motivational strengths and limitations at this point in time, I think would be very helpful. Don't you, Cindy? I do. And I think if even if you didn't take the assessment, if you're if you're listening to our descriptors, if you if you can identify with, yes, I'm one of those altruistic people, think about what we said. You know, you can be overwhelmed with a number of people who need help, you know, and, and, and your health may may suffer if you don't you know, take some measures to do that. So think about the things that that we've said that you identify with. And I think, you know, we've got some pretty sound advice on how to adjust your expectations during a crisis. And it doesn't have to just be COVID. This happens to be one that we can all identify with, but other crises that come up, that come up. Excellent. Excellent. And certainly if Cindy or I can be of help, 
um, then our website is available at diskychicks.com. And we have had several other podcasts using the driving forces in terms of building your knowledge about oh, what are my motivators? And I think you're right, Cindy, that people can hear the descriptors and they either relate to it or they get repelled by it, right? Right, right. perfect. I think that's that should be a wrap, Martha. Okay. We invite you to, to visit our website, diskychicks.com, and obviously you're listening to our podcast, and we appreciate that. And have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks to all of you continuous learners for listening in with Cindy and me today. We are passionate about the power of the DISC behavior assessment, and we love bringing it to you and your clients. We invite you to visit our website at diskychicks.com. There you will find a link to all of our podcasts, and you can listen to previous episodes and subscribe. Also on our website, you can try a DISC assessment for yourself. Just click the link, take the short assessment, and we'll quickly send you the results. Also, check us out as well on Facebook and Instagram. We can't wait to hear from you. See you next week on the Disky Chicks Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks Podcast Facebook page.